Hello, and welcome to the 22nd episode of How to Hold a Pencil. My name is Ruben Ingber, and I'm your host. Special thanks to Media Temple and Harvest for supporting the show, and we'll talk more about them in a little bit. This week, I have with me a very special guest, Garth Braithwaite, a self-taught designer working with Adobe and the host of Web Friends, a show about the web and the friends that make it that make it on the Good Stuff Network. Welcome, Garth. And for the people who don't know who you are, why don't you tell the listeners at home a little bit about yourself? Uh, yeah, thanks for having me on the show, by the way, Ruben. Um, so I'm a designer and a developer at Adobe. I've kind of done just about every type of design and development that you can for the web. I've done in-house and product design and product development and uh, agency work for a time. And yeah, right now I'm I'm at Adobe doing some fun stuff. And I've bounced around even a little bit within Adobe. I spent some time working within the XD organization, which was a lot of fun, um, which was the it's the design organization within Adobe. And right now I'm on the web platform team um, working. I've worked somewhat in tooling, uh, worked on a framework called Topcoat. And now I'm working on a, a new project that uh, we're kind of figuring it out what it is still. So um, I don't have any news really to talk about on that front, but <laughs> it will be good, I assume. We have well, smart people working on it, so yeah, I'm sure mo- most things Adobe comes out with are pretty good. So I'll gi- I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. So I'd love to uh, sort of find out how you got your start on the web, like you know where where you were when you first started and that kind of stuff. Yeah, um, so I I actually got started with design first, um, and I I started with CorelDRAW, which I guess is terrible because <laughs> now that I'm at Adobe, but. <laughs> Um, I won't, I, we won't tell anybody at Adobe, but if you, if anybody at Adobe listens to the show and you want to sponsor, just email me. <laughs> yeah, you can give me a hard time too. At the same time. <laughs> so back in like middle school, I started with Corel Draw, and what I, I would use it to make um, tape cases for my mixtapes, and then I moved on to CDs, mix CDs, and then I, I had these templates that I measured out. Like I got really into the the print side of of design just in middle school, um, and then it kind of I just found jobs um that let me stay in that uh field so i my first job in high school was working at mailboxes etc and i was doing business cards like terrible ones but i was (laughs) technically doing design uh without any training and then uh when i got into college um i started in a graphic design major um and then i i kind of switched but i kept doing graphic design jobs uh so i was doing print um i remember my sophomore year, um, I was doing production at an in-house. It was like in the university. It was graphic design uh, in the university. It was this weird universe where I was doing um, like marketing material for the cafeteria and stuff. Um, but I was doing production work, and a designer kind of took me under his wing, and he showed me things like the pen tool and Illustrator. Um, and it just kind of progressed from there. I moved to full-time de- design at the job. And then I moved into uh, training, and that's where I really got introduced to the web and web development was where I was doing on-campus training to professors and faculty on how to use the Creative Suite um, and back then Macromedia Studio um, and Word and Access and Excel. <laughs> so, yeah, That's was, awesome. That's, that must have been so cool to make that jump from like learning these tools on your own to sort of teaching it to people who were like probably a lot older than you. Um, it must have yeah. been a really interesting experience. Um, so when did you make the jump from being a designer to developing on the web? So I, I kind of got my roots when I was um, 
like I said, doing this training where I was doing full-time design and then I got into this training role at a different department. And I, I enjoyed doing some of the early stuff. I was just doing Dreamweaver and then I started moving to source code and actually doing things, uh, hand coding them. And I really enjoyed the, the freedom that it gave me. Uh, later on, I got jobs as a designer and I found that there were times where my developer couldn't help me out. They couldn't do what I needed to. And so I kind of use that as an excuse to push my own development skills. Um, it wasn't until, yeah, probably like my uh, second job out of college, um, I was doing full-time development. Um, yeah, I, I'd self-taught so, things. Yeah. So I'm assuming this time period was a little, a little while ago. Um, what tools did you use back then or what tools you use now to learn new things like learning to code or building up on your skills? Yeah. Um, so I, I originally, I started with, um, when I really felt like I was a serious developer was when I was doing uh, cake PHP. Um, and that's kind of an old framework. It's still around. It still does stuff, but it's, it was a, it was initially a PHP port of Ruby on rails. And I found this community, um, the cake PHP community had this IRC channel and I was new to IRC. I had used technology for a long time, but I was not a part of that IRC movement at all. And so I was kind of figuring it out and I found it super helpful to have people in a room that were really just there, um, to, to answer questions. And so that's like one of my main tools that, um, I still use when I'm having problems. It turns out there are just a lot of people in IRC and Freenode who all they want to do is kind of help people out and help each other. It's a great, great place to find uh, help and to be a part of a community. I, I so, couldn't agree more. I mean, the the web community in general, not just on IRC, which I I dabbled in a little bit, but um, like literally for any language or coding or whatever it might be, uh, there's a community out there for you to find. Um, whether it's an IRC chat room or it's a meetup in real life or it's a Facebook group or something else, um, there are people willing to give you free advice and free help. And I think it's amazing. Um, and as soon as you have the opportunity to give back to that community, I think it's equally as good. Um, so how, so when you first started building things on the web, you know, confidence is a, is really important and obviously you were kind of thrown into it really quickly, but how did you build the confidence to build anything on the web and to keep pushing yourself forward? So I, I have a, I had a goal and I still have it uh, to learn a new, now I just say something. It used to be learn a new language every year. Um, and so for a long time that was, I was doing PHP and then I was doing Flex and ActionScript and this is way back in the day. And I've moved on since then, done Python for a year and I did Node.js. Um, and I've done Ruby on Rails and it's just been, it's been a lot of fun. Um, but I don't feel like I've actually learned something until one, I've built something with it. That's the first step something substantial and it's even better if I can build something for someone else because I can I can kind of let myself uh, kind of justify my my uh, um, weaknesses or my mistakes that I made I can just kind of gloss over them but when you're building it for someone else or with someone else uh, I have I ha hold myself to a higher standard and then um, the last one is I have to do something to teach somebody else and oftentimes that's speaking at conferences um, I, I have done books and I've done um, video tutorials with people like O'Reilly. Um, and that's when I feel like I've actually arrived and I feel like I can have the confidence at that point to 
start applying to jobs and say, yes, I am a blank developer or a designer um, that is capable of doing whatever is when I actually not only have done it, but have been able to teach someone else. So this idea of this idea of learning a language in a year, I think is fantastic. I think it's very similar to previous guests like Jennifer DeWalt, who decided she was going to build 180 websites in 180 days to learn how to be a developer. But obviously, you know, every day learning or trying to learn something new is difficult. What through that year that you're learning either PHP or Ruby on Rails or Node, whatever it might be, what uh, what kept you motivated uh, to learn? Um, I, this is probably terrible. I had, a, I had a really bad first employer, like really <laughs> bad uh, to the point everyone, where everyone should have a bad first employer story. Yeah, they really should. Right. And makes you it stronger. Was, it was just a crazy place to work. Um, it, w- it was a real estate agency, and I was like the only designer, developer, marketing department person in the entire company. And uh, I was not understood. I didn't even understand myself very well at that point. I was fresh out of college and doing something that I didn't really go to school for. Um, and when the company went down, it really went downhill to the point. This was in Vegas, so the bubble popped, and, and uh, the, all the funding went away, and all the customers went away. And overnight, our jobs were gone, and we had no warning uh, even. Um, there were some red flags that I probably should have been aware of, but I was kind of naive. Eh, and you can't, Monday, the, you can't Monday morning quarterback on it. Yeah, yeah. And from that experience, I have this fear that I will not uh, be needed by my employer at some point, And it's just always kind of stayed with me um, to the point where I am not happy just doing what I do. I have to do something more, uh, knowing that someday I'm going to need to to have more knowledge than I currently have now. So it, it really is a driving force. And I absolutely love my employer right now. I love Adobe. But I've come to realize, and I've talked with Tim Smith about this, that ultimately Adobe has to take care of Adobe. And if I can't fulfill their need, if I'm not bringing in revenue, they, they should get rid of me, to be honest. Like, they should move on. Um, but hopefully I can keep myself relevant and I can have skills that they need. Uh, if not, I've got skills that other employers need. So, yeah, it's this weird itch and fear that I've got inside myself. That, I mean, that's a really fantastic way to describe your motivation, and it's really an, a great way to stay motivated. Um, but I want to, you know, for somebody who is just starting out, who doesn't necessarily have that experience that, you know, they lost their job or whatever, what advice would you give to them to keep them motivated to learn either coding or, you know, how to do Photoshop or whatever it might be? What, what, you know, what piece of advice would you give them? Um, I, I, I would say that I, I, uh, I've come across this a, a couple of times, but, um, it, it, it is not about how fast you can do things. Uh, I really get down on myself sometimes when I'm learning something new and I just don't feel like I'm a master of it within a month. Like I kind of, I get like, oh, this is so hard. Why am I even doing this? Um, but I I feel like it's more important to consistently continue to try to improve. Uh, in the long run, um, it's about um, persistence more than it is about speed uh, when it comes to learning and, and doing something new. I have seen some amazing um, designers pick up hard coding skills mainly because they just didn't give up. Um, and then I've, I've seen some fantastic designers who after barely trying have decided that coding stupid and they move <laughs> on. So like it, it really is a matter of, of 
and I don't want to say like keep a positive attitude. You can do it. It's it's more about like just blindly persisting uh, and give it enough time where you can feel like you can make a real judgment on whether it's something you want to do or not. And giving it enough time, I think, is a lot is one of the things that a lot of people don't realize a lot of people really think like oh i'm gonna learn how to code it's you know i'm gonna do it you know one hour a day and it's gonna be fine and if that's all you can give it that's fine but it's about you have to be persistent you have to keep going and you have to not drop the ball because i know from my own experience i, I had several false starts where i was like oh i'd spend two weeks and i'd you know do all this work and then six weeks would go by and i wouldn't touch a thing and you kind of forget all of that it's sort of like when you come back from summer break you got to be retaught a bunch of things you were taught at the end of the year. So I want to just take a quick break and talk about um, our two sponsors for today. And the first one is Harvest. Um, And Harvest is a great tool for tracking time spent on client projects. And as soon as you start working with clients, it's so important to start tracking your work because even if you're not charging the hour by the hour or anything, um, but it's important to know how it's, how long things take you. And Harvest has been an incredible tool for me. Uh, it enables you to work from anywhere by starting a timer on the web, on your desktop, um, on your iPhone or Android. Uh, it's an effort. It's effortless to really start a timer, no matter where you find yourself plugging away. Uh, check out Harvest at getharvest.com before the year slips away. Uh, and after the 30 day free trial period, use the code pencil holder in all caps and receive 50% off your first month. Um, thank you so much to Harvest. You know, they've helped me as I've worked on several client projects and, you know, I think they'll be great for you. Next up is Media Temple. And Media Temple has been my choice of hosting for years. Um, and it's really because a single account has enabled me to host a hundred different client projects and the grid service, which they have is, is ready for anything. Hundreds of servers working together in the cloud to keep your sites online. Even if you suddenly hit the front page of Reddit, um, and their 24 seven support is probably amongst the best features. Um, I had an issue once with one of my WP config files and they were right there to help me out, uh, and find the problem or talk me through a problem. And it was great special discount for how to hold a pencil listeners use promo code pencil for 25% off your first month of web hosting. Go to mediatemple.net and enter the promo code pencil, uh, upon sign up, and thanks to Media Temple for supporting me and supporting the show. So, Garth, I think that we, we as a community, talk about this idea of learning to code, and whether you're a designer and you should learn to code, or whether you're somebody who has never touched it before at all, um, never been a part of the web community at all, but you should learn to code, and it's become a hot issue. And I'm wondering why you think, or whether or not you think, people should learn to code in general. Yeah, that's a that's a great question. Um, so I, I mentioned that I was doing graphic design and I switched my major. I actually switched to physics teaching, um, which is a, a bit of a departure and it's not something that I do now. Um, but I'm still involved um, with some high school tech um, movements that are here in Vegas. Um, and I, I, I work a little bit and I volunteer with some high school students in a couple of ways. Uh, and it, it really bothers me when I hear somebody say, I'm just not good at math. When we bring up something and I'm like, hey, so what's your favorite subject? And, you know, like this is stupid adult to teen um, <laughs> small talk, right? It's like, yeah. oh, what's your favorite subject? What's your least favorite? What are you going to be when you grow up, son? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> like, what do you want to do when you graduate in three years? Like, they don't know. But like a lot of times I'll get something like, oh, I absolutely hate math. I'm just not good at it. And the more we talk about it, the more I come to to realize that more likely than 
than not. They've just had a really bad experience learning um, learning something in the math field. Usually it's a bad teacher. Um, and I, I say that without knowing the teacher, right? But usually it's a bad teacher-student communication problem. Um, and I feel the same way about coding. Uh, a lot of people who have tried it um, have had a bad learning experience and, and give up on it. And they just say, you know, I'm not, it's just not for me. And I, I think that's such a limiting way to look at things is to be like, I'm, I'm bad at this. And I don't really care if you're good or bad at coding. Uh, that shouldn't be what's making the decision for you on uh, whether you want to code or not. It should be, what do you need to do to learn how to code to the point where you can actually make that decision intelligently? So I'm not, I'm not for everyone should be full-time coders. If you don't want to, that's totally cool. There's other jobs that need to get done. But if there's any interest at all, you really need to give it a good shot before you can decide if it's what you want to do. Like you, you can't, you can't give up on it early. So for someone who is, just getting started and they say, Hey, you know, they're sitting down at their computer or they're thinking about learning to code or learning to design. Where, where would you guide them to get their start? Like what, what, what steps do you think someone just starting out should take, uh, to get the ball rolling? Um, this is a, this is a good question. And I, I started learning before we, we hit, um, this, this learning uh, phase that we're in now where we have all these online services um, that provide learning. Um, and there's some great ones out there. And I, I can't, it's the problem is I can't really fully endorse them from the learner's perspective because I didn't, I didn't learn that way. Um, I would ask around and find out what people are doing uh, if you want to look into those. But something I could recommend that did work for me is get involved in the community as, as early as possible. Like go find your meetups um, find ones that you're interested in. Tell them, you know what, I'm, I'm looking at learning how to do X, Y, or Z because I want to accomplish this task. And try and find mentors. I found that the community is full of people who are willing and, and just actually desirous to, to mentor other people. Um, it's something that they enjoy doing. And I, I'm one of those people now. Um, but I still, when I'm learning something new, I look for somebody who is smarter than me and who's willing to be available to bounce ideas off of. And then finally, I would, I would go to conferences. Um, find good ones and that you're willing to invest in. And go to attend at first and uh, look forward to speaking at them in the future. See what you need to do to be a speaker instead of just an attendee. So I... So you you talked about earlier about you know learning different languages every year uh, as a goal of yours. How do you how do you pick the languages you want to learn? Is there is there a system, or do you just say, oh, Ruby on Rails is popular? I've heard it a lot. Let me learn that. Or is there some sort of system that you have to pick them? Uh, there's a, a little bit of of that. Um, <laughs> like there's the, and, the whole mentality. And I would love to know how you would guide somebody to sort of picking where they should where they should where they should go to learn, like what, what languages should a beginner go towards and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so there's the mentality of like, uh, you can't judge a book by its cover and the same thing applies to, to languages. But, uh, on, on some level you have to judge them by your, by the cover before you invest your whole life into learning them. Right. So, um, oftentimes I base, uh, some of my decision on people that I trust and what they are, they enjoy doing. Um, that's that's what happened with Ruby on Rails and with Node.js, and it's funny because I have uh, two different close friends that have two very different opinions on both <laughs> of those. Uh, and so, yeah, they're nice to have around, again, as mentors, um, but 
you'll get conflicting opinions. So you kind of have to make the, the choice for yourself on some level. Yeah, most people um, most people will start evangelizing on a specific language that they know. Like, oh, I'm a Ruby on Rails developer. You must learn Ruby on Rails. Yeah, and if you have a great mentor, if, if the person who's evangelizing is also seems to be the approachable, friendly type of person who would be willing to mentor you, then that is great. Uh, as far as figuring out, like if you're brand new, what you want to do, I would look at what's your end goal. Like if you have a job in mind, specifically like if you have a, a job at a company that you want to join, I would go and look at what they're looking for um, in their developers. Figure out a little bit, do some future thinking. Be like, hey, I want to work at GitHub. Well, GitHub is a Ruby on Rails shop, so you should probably invest some time in Ruby on Rails. And maybe along the way, it might take you a while to get to the point where you are Ruby on Rails or you're GitHub level, but you'll find jobs along the way that'll help you build that experience to get to that point. So obviously you've been on the web for a long time. Um, if you could go back to yourself at the very beginning, uh, what would you tell yourself? Uh, I would tell myself to get involved in open source projects earlier. Um, it was something that I did get involved in. It took a little bit of time. Um, but the greatest learning that I've had, uh, that part of that thing where I say I have to do something and then teach it, I find that in open source communities and open source projects, uh, there's a lot of room for that. And especially with the advent of, of GitHub, uh, there's this huge explosion of the availability of collaboration tools, especially in coding. I've actually worked on a project um, with Tim and a couple of other people called Open Source Design. And I'd love to help designers get more involved in the open source process and open sourcing some of the stuff that they do. Uh, whether that's to learn to code and to be involved in open source coding projects from a design perspective, or whether that's actually collaborating as designers in the open. Open source is something that has interested me since I've started on the web a few years ago. And it's, uh, it's something I just wish that I was involved in and I wish I could get into it. So what's, what's the fa your favorite thing that you've worked on? Ever? Yeah. Um, that's a good question. That's a really <laughs> hard one. Uh, I, I really enjoyed, um, I, I spent a year working on Brackets as, a, as the designer. Um, Brackets is an open source uh, HTML, CSS, and JavaScript editor that Adobe has been playing around with, has been working on. Um, and I was the first designer on that project. And that was a lot of fun because it was my first chance to be a designer on an open source project. Um, and a lot of the experiences that I had there actually led me to create the open source design dot is uh, blog um, or I don't even know a website, I guess we'll just call it because it has some articles on it and some resources. Um, but right now, that's my favorite thing to play around with is is this open source design is um, I, I'm I'm amazed at the kind of opportunities that open source provides developers and I really want to figure out how I can better provide those to designers as well. It, it would be so interesting to see like a GitHub like thing for design. So like you could say here, here's my PSD and here are the layers and you know, here, here go play with it and make something of your own. It would be, it would just be a very cool tool. Yeah. Um, and we, we have some movement in that direction. I mean, dribble has rebound, um, which is, is an attempt at that. And there's, there's a couple of different things that people are trying to do, but you're right. There's there's definitely some need for the tooling there. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it it'll come. I believe that it will come. So if uh, for you know that person who is listening to the show, who is a designer right now or is designing, you know, in their closet, you know, they're making band posters or whatnot. 
what uh what what would you tell them to sort of help them make the leap from making those you know random flyers for friends to doing it as a full-time thing um if you if you start to tell people that you're a designer um and this actually applies to developers as well you will find projects they, they may not be the most um elite or or the ones that'll get you the most attention they may not even pay you all that much um, but it's not hard to find people who want a designer and a developer. In fact, it'll get to the point where you will have to turn people away because they're not the sort of projects that you want to work on. That, but when that part happens very quickly. Yeah. And but when be, you first start out, you kind of take any project that you can, especially if you need them to pay the bills. Um, and And just kind of <laughs> take everything as a learning experience. You're going to have some terrible experiences. Uh, and that's the nature of learning from experience. See, again, if you can find a mentor that can help you and guide you in the right direction, this is a great podcast to listen to. There's some great stuff with like freelance web. I feel like everybody who's, um, everybody who's doing design or development at some point wears the freelancer hat, even if it's like side projects. Yeah. Um, but, but getting good at working with clients and doing freelance stuff, it'll come as long as you tell people, Hey, I'm, I'm a designer. Uh, and, and people will kind of take that like at face value. If you say that, there are some people who will be like, yeah, you, you are a designer. Um, <laughs> until that point, though, don't hesitate to do, um, do stuff like, you know, just made up projects uh, or even redesigns of existing websites. Um, I know that that's kind of frowned upon later on. It's kind of like doing spec work, but it's great for getting practice. And don't hesitate to copy. When you're first learning something new, um, copying i even like if you're learning to draw trace it's actually a great way of getting kind of this muscle memory built up uh so that when you're ready to do something different uh you can you can have your base skills already in place all right so the last <clears throat> the last couple of questions i have what does the whole tr uh, what does the future hold for you garth like what what do you see in the next six months or a year for you as a designer and developer side projects etc uh, I am, I am, this is my second podcast, the web friends podcast you mentioned. Uh, this is the second kind of go I, I'm having at this and it's a, a lot of fun. Um, but I'm returning to print design, which was where I started. Um, and I'm returning to screen printing and uh, letterpress. And it's just something that I'm having fun. I'm at the point now with work that I no longer take on side projects for other people. I only do stuff for me now. Um, and I'm really, I'm really enjoying getting back into print again. It's fantastic. Um, I don't know if it's something that people, I don't know if I recommend it, that people do it, <laughs> but it is very fulfilling. No, that's awesome. I would, I would love to have time to like make letterpress things or like do something more, uh, hands-on than just the keyboard. Um, yeah. so the final question where I ask everybody, uh, where can my get, where can people find you on the internet, Twitter, website, that kind of stuff? So I'm Garth D B. D is in David, B is in boy, just about everywhere. So Twitter, it's GarthDB, um, GarthDB.com, GarthDB on, on GitHub, on Instagram, on Facebook, on LinkedIn, whatever. I'm kind of a bit of a social media whore. So <laughs> who, who isn't at this point? Uh, yeah. I, I sign up and I'm like, I don't even know if I like this, but I got to get my handle. Um, yeah. So yeah. And I, again, like I'm, I'm totally down to help mentor people. I'm not the most knowledgeable person in the world, but I am happy to help out. So if anybody wants to reach out and needs some help with the project, I always give free advice, um, and, I, and I'm, I'm happy to help wherever I can. That's awesome, Garth, and I, I really hope that somebody takes you up on that offer um, because 
I think finding a mentor is probably one of the most important things you could do when you're learning to code or learning to be a designer. So I want to thank Garth for being a guest on this week's episode of How to Hold a Pencil. Uh, you can find some show notes uh, to things we talked about uh, at www.howtoholdapencil.com. Uh, you can follow the show on Twitter at Hold a Pencil. You can follow me on Twitter at Ruben Ingber. That's R-E-U-B-E-N-I-N-G-B-E-R. Um, special thanks to Media Temple and Harvest again for supporting the show. They get, the guys there are great. Um, and I will see you all next week.